You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Another episode of the NRL Supercoach All Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back again in the final run. Two weeks left, and there is some massive carnage this week from round 19. Unbelievable TLT, except we kind of believe it because I think a lot of us thought that it was going to start to happen these last couple of weeks, especially with the separation of the top eight teams as well as the top four or five teams as well. Uh, joining us this week, couldn't get anyone else but Billy on board because. He is the legend. We need to finish the season with Billy, so we're going to do that for the last couple of rounds. Billy, how did your week go last week? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, ended up on a low 1300. I thought it was a disappointing one, but um, yeah, just managed to miss a few of those extra pods. Well, a, a couple of extra general ones, sorry, that uh, seemed to hurt a few people. Yeah, I um, ended up on 1330-odd, and that was a pretty... Decent score, I thought, although there was some big ones there that still moved me up a little bit. I'm hopefully going to be in three decent money uh, head-to-head finals next week if I play my cards right this week. So, fingers crossed. Uh, I think I said to you when we were chatting a bit earlier, I was uh, I was really annoyed that I couldn't make like eight trades last week because all my boys, Tupo, Nathan Brown, Campbell Graham, Jared Harper, like all these guys just firing on all cylinders last week for me. I could only obviously grab two, so I got Brown and Tupo. But Campbell Graham, I think, hurt the most. I really, really wanted Campbell Graham. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was a good, uh, good shout-out. Um, I had scored two tries every week. But like you said, mate, if you could have eight, if you could have eight sort of trades a week, those are the sorts of blokes. If you, sorts of players you sort of trade in, trade out all the time. But um, I think is more of a keeper. But... Oh, for sure. Uh, I've got one trade left going into this week, so... A little bit tough to sort of balance that. I'm just going to use it, I think, because I want to get to my head team grand finals next week. But I think you've got, what, th- four trades left going into this week? No, no, just the three. Three. Okay, well, just three times as many as what I do. So you're in a pretty good spot, really. You're, I assume that you're going to just bust through two of those this week just to get the best you can and, and just save one up a sleeve for next week. Yeah, yeah, best way to smash it out. Um, didn't kind of plan it 100% this way. There was just... There was just a, a, a couple of weeks earlier on where I thought there was no point sort of wasting a trade for the sake of it. Um, this is the end, end of the season when, um, okay, as long as, as long as you do a max strength on, 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 the, on the field, if you can save a couple for resting and injuries at the end of the year, gives you a bit of a leg up, but um, just a bit of an added bonus for me this week, I suppose. Yeah, it'd be, oh, I wish I had three trades, but I'm pretty happy with my squad at least. Now, obviously this week there's going to be absolute carnage for a lot of teams so we're really going to just be getting straight into TLT, guys. So we'll be going through TLT like we normally do with a couple of little changes. Uh, we're not going to really look at market watch or pay attention to that because it's completely skewed now that there's only two weeks left and also um, people are doing things for their head-to-head matchups and stuff. The last couple of weeks, the, the percentages and everything are pretty irrelevant because there's only two weeks left as well. So we'll mainly be just looking at uh, captaincy and vice-captaincy options each game, what we think is going to happen, and also players of interest in general, uh, and then trying to figure out what we do with the guys that aren't playing this week, of which is quite a few big names. So we might just talk about, in general, the, the sort of rest strategy just briefly, uh, and then we'll go into the TLT straight away. But for me, Billy, uh, there's, there's, the main thing that I look at with guys that I'm going to trade out, you know, I've got four or five guys being rested that are all guns. 
uh, I'm prioritising keeping guys that obviously uh, are the better players, uh, and that's what I'm doing. Now, that might sound like it's a, I guess, a fait accompli that everybody's going to do, but it's not the case because you'll have people that will trade out of Tedesco because they see Trebojevic there, who, who obviously has the high upside. There's more than one way to skin a cat, I understand, going that way. I would rather, in that same situation, trade out, say, a Takiaho, uh, just so I have Tedesco to play next week with the high upside, and I don't think I'd lose anything not having Takiaho. I'd rather just get a different player than um, than going for the Trebojevic, and I think there's enough around. So I generally try and keep the best players that I can, um, and any other guys that I can trade out, I'll do that. And the other thing I look at is the matchup. So obviously we've only got next week to go, so... Really, it's it's kind of easy if you end up with like four guys that are really you know massive guns, especially in the the halves or backline. Just look at what they've got next week, you know. And if you've got someone that's got you know the the Titans, another guy's got the Bulldogs, and then someone else has got the Storm. Well, there's your answer. Just cut the guy that's going to be playing the Storm. Um, so that's kind of how I look at the the next two weeks. But I'm not sure about yourself, Billy. Whether you just smash for upside and, and not worry about trading out the the big gun players like Teddy and stuff. Uh, if I had one trade like you, yes. <laughs> if you've got three trades like me, I'd just, yeah, I'm going to sort of hold Teddy this week, buy Trevor Lovich, and then sort of buy Teddy back next week if need be, mate. Just probably won't end up going that way because Teddy's not playing the doggies next week. But, um, yeah, at, at this stage, stage of the season, if you've got a few, um, if you've got a few decent cover ones on the bench, you can just afford to sort of pick and choose who you want to play um, um, match-up-wise. So that's the way I'm going to roll, mate. Just a couple of high-flight guys and a bench, a couple of, sort of the mid-ranges like sort of Leo versus the Storm. Yep. No, that's a fair strategy, especially with three. I will point out with people that have got one to two trades left, um, something to consider when you're doing these trades as well. I would always try and leave... Um, leave surety in the positions where you've got limited spots. And what I mean by that is... At fullback, you've only got two fullbacks. So you know that Tedesco's not hurt. He's 100% playing next week. So you know that you've got that spot covered. I would be loath to you know, trade out a certain starter for next week. It makes it really hard. Like If you've got second rowers, for instance, you've got like a heap of different options, especially if you include the front rowers. So you can easily trade out second rowers at the moment and probably not be hurt by it. Um, likewise, you know, if you've got a deep centre wing of, say, six or seven centre wings that you can actually play, it doesn't matter as much in that position because if you've got two or three centre wings ruled out next week, you've got the depth there that you can just bring guys in. If you end up, you know, trading Teddy to, say, Trebojevic, and Trebojevic tears his hammy, and, you know, your other fullback is, is someone who gets rested next week or is out or, you know, something like that, maybe Ponga gets suspended this week, all of a sudden, you've used your, your one trade like me or, or even your two trades, and you're going to be copping an AE next week. So I guess, Billy, for me, that's the last thing I'll say. If you've got a position that only has two guys in it, uh, you really want to be careful with the trades that you're going to be doing if it means that you're going to have none for next week. Yeah, there's always a risk there. Um, look, as, as long as you've got a little bit of depth, like if, you, if you've got bears sort of 17 and you're making your last trade this week, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing that because you can almost guarantee there'll be someone injured or someone rested for next week. Um, although you'd like to think Haas is coming back next week, so it'll make it a bit easier for you. But um, uh, yeah, I'm just a bit uh, other school of thought, mate. The points you don't make up this uh, this week, you've got to try to get back next week when everyone's got full strength again. So 
I'm just going on the uh, risk versus reward and sort of bagging out those pods this week. Yeah, and if you're in head-to-heads and you have to win this week, then, you know, all bets are off because you'd rather have to play, like, four plebs next week and be in a grand final and be runner-up than just be and never was and not even get there because you held off this week. So that's the opposite of it as well. You you just really need to go balls out if you're going to try and get to the grand finals for some of the head-to-head matchups too. Let's go straight into TLT now because there is a lot of changes, obviously, and it is going to affect a lot of teams. Looking at the first game, so we've got the Rabbits versus the Bulldogs. This one we've got um, Gagai suspended, replaced by Paulo. That's actually going to give some depth to a few teams who maybe are struggling because Paulo was uh, in quite a few teams and held by a lot of people probably. Aside from that, um, on the dog side of things, there's not a huge amount that's going to be super coach relevant. Um, and this is a game that doesn't have too much carnage. Let's start off with uh, this Rabbit side though. Now, obviously I mentioned Campbell Graham before. He had a fantastic game on the weekend. Like you said, he scored his two tries, but 96 points he got. All of a sudden now we've got a five-round average of 87 points, Billy, a three-round average of 84, and he hasn't scored poorly since round 13 where he threw up 44 points. He's got five weeks in a row of a range of 60 to 98, and three of those scores are between 96 and 98 points. He scored for five weeks straight, three out of those five are doubles, we can say it's not going to keep happening, but he's playing the dogs this week. So I really like him for this for this matchup. I still like him for a, a pod play. 600000 so like if we talked about him two months ago, Billy, we would have said, oh, way too expensive. But I think everybody's got money now because um, you're trading out guns and stuff to get these guys in. So I actually really like him against the dogs this week to go good again. Yeah, he'd have to score a double to team to do it. Um, he seems pretty – he's on um, week, what do you call it, walk, walk aside – Certainly gets a fair bit of ball mode, so I wouldn't put it past him. Probably not for me, but I'll tell you what, if you need if, if you need a pod, it's the dogs are that one team that's going to leak points. Yeah, and a couple percent ownership still as well, so that's going to be a key too in your head-to-head matchups. Um, and the fact that he's playing straight up as well, uh, I, I kind of like because uh, you're not going to get a side that's going to be able to match you um, yeah, sort of later in the round to try and make sure that they solidify a tight win. Other guys in this side that are obviously going to be quite relevant, Damien Cook, uh, we haven't spoken about recently. We've mentioned his name and looked at him as an option for a VC, but we haven't really gone into what he's been doing too much. I think coming up to this tail end of the season, uh, you know, this game against the Dogs stands out as a prime matchup for him. He's got a five-round average of 76 points, three-round of 75 he put up 84 points against the Tigers on the weekend, and 60 points of that was in pure base, which I was really impressed with. He had a clean line break as well. Uh, I actually made the comment on Twitter that he was looking really good. He was running the ball a, a little bit. He's gone 69, 71, and 93 the few games before that. He hasn't actually scored a try since round 10, and he hasn't been getting a huge amount of tries this lately. Against the Bulldogs side, uh, I really like him, and it's kind of a good time to be looking at him because Apisai Coruscant owners are, are going to be looking at maybe trading him out and you can do that to Damien Cook at 590k pretty easy and I'm I'm looking at Damien Cook as a VC option myself this week against his old team the Dogs Yeah it's probably a half decent shot I would only get him if you really needed uh, some kind of downgrade out for, uh, for Appy I, I understand like he's upside this year I, I think he's probably more, more of a uh, an option sort of next year at his price um, in in, com- in combination with Arrow when he migrates. So that's probably the earliest I'd, I'd be keen on him. But I'll tell you what, if you needed an outside, 
that would be the only, only, the only um, reason why I'd swap for him. Yep, and I, I just I like the dogs matchup. I'm going to make a big call on this one. I think that he's going to score 100 points against the doggies. He scored 138 in round 10 versus Newcastle, and he scored 108 versus the Warriors in round six with a try. I think it's going to be similar. Uh, I think he's going 100 plus in this one. He always has a few hundred plus scores. In him, he's only gotten there twice this year with a few 90s. Um, I think he's going to get there this week. Mate, Cody Walker's another one, and he's someone who's been going really well. SJ owners were obviously jumping off the last couple of weeks. Some of them would have held on. I know that I held SJ because I thought against the Warriors, you know, he might do pretty well. His actual you know, tries this were good. He got two of those and he kicked some goals, but he just didn't do much else. I've still got him. If I didn't have tra- um, injuries this week, Cody Walker would be looking pretty plum as a trade-in. Playing the Bulldogs, gone off for 82 points on the weekend against the West Tigers, 81 and 102 before that. Blake's got a three-round average of 88 points. He's looking like he's in supreme touch. He's scored two out of his last three. 596k, very affordable to go SJ straight to Cody Walker. Uh, and you get this plum matchup against the Doggies. Um, and, you know, he has scored two tons this year as well. Again, you know, decent shot that he might actually throw one up this week too. So, like the look of Cody too. Yeah, Cody's solid. Um, I think most people that sort of own Luai would probably be sticking with him right now for the end of season matchup. Um, I still prefer Dietschy over, over, um, Cody, but I'll tell you what, if he needs a fourth option, he'd probably, um, I think sort of everyone's got Terry G would be a better option. A fourth option on Munster and those other two guys. Devil's advocate here with Luai, because you mentioned him. Uh, he's 36% owned at the moment. Uh, obviously, he's got a pretty good matchup against the Cowboys. He's playing out of his skin, obviously. He's, he's done really well the last month. But if you look past the last month, his scores are actually really mediocre, which we've discussed before. And I think we both oh, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. I, I know that. He, he's, he's just looked a lot better the last month. Like, he's, he's he just... His fourth and fifth tackle options, he's not just going that, that ridiculous grubber or going looking to kick out. Like, he's actually getting a few ball, a few balls out the back behind Crichton to, to Mansell. Like, he's actually going and inside his own half. Like, he's actually going out looking for Mansell out wide, too. So, he's, he's getting a few, a few more balls a bit further than those um, tall streaks of duck crap in, inside. So, <laughs> I, I think I think that, uh, that yeah, so... That big uh, sort of ten foot fence you know, between him and sort of Mansour has kind of opened open up a little bit lately. I think that's the reason why he's going a lot better. Um, I'm not pissed that I sold him because I'm, I'm happy. I was happy with sort of DCE's score, but I tell you what, uh, if you sold Luai for anyone else lately, um, you might be having a bit, a bit of trade regret because he's starting to look a lot better than what he did the first half of this. I really like how he's looked as well. I think he's matured as a player out of sight the last month or so. He looks a lot better. But um, in saying that. If it's a luxury trade, like you'd need to not have too many other outs and stuff, but I would 100% be looking at trading Luai to Cody Walker this week. I think that's a fantastic trade, mainly because Luai's 36%, and I I think that Cody Walker has more chance getting a ton against the Dogs, um, despite Luai's recent form. Um, I just can't see Cody Walker doing badly. The other thing, too, is that the Dogs give up a lot of points to opposing halves as well. Um, so he, he's in a real plump matchup. Mate, on the Bulldogs side of things... I don't want to discourage Bulldogs fans from listening any further, but it's it is the tail end of the season. This is the money end. This is the business end. You got to win your head to head finals. You got to solidify your ranks. You've only got two weeks. 
I don't see any of these Bulldogs players changing anyone's season, uh, especially against South on Thursday night. So is there anything that you see here that you want to talk about, or can we just move on to the result? Honestly, Matt, the only dog I would be interested in at the footy would be a Dagwood. They still got those? I never know. ANZ have probably got the stock standard, you know, $10 <laughs> hot dogs that should be the dollar IKEA ones. Yeah, mate. Dagwood, hot dog, they're the, they're the only doggies I'll be interested in. Making me hungry now. I always prefer the cheese on a stick to the Dagwood myself, but, you know, I only get those at the Easter show and we don't even get that anymore, so all over for the cheese sticks. But we, we digress, really, into food on sticks. Let's talk about the result. I uh, I think the Rabbits are going to put it to them again. I can't see them not being at least 10-plus winners. I, I can see the Rabbits, you know, big guns really firing in this one. Campbell Graham for a try is fantastic. Again, over $3 for a sports bet run. Uh, Cody Walker's $3.25, I think he is as well, another good one. And I reckon Damian Cook um, might run right a bit too, so... Yeah, South's easy for me, mate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the only thing I'll, I'll do is throw in a bit of value and say um, right winger for the Bulldogs to score first than the uh, South to put on the next six. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys-Panthers is our next one. Now, Jason Tomalolo is named in the extended bench. He's in Jersey 18. Whether he comes in or not remains to be seen. And then, other than that, it's largely irrelevant for the Cowboys side for Supercoach. For the Panthers side of things, it's very relevant. Uh, we've got Appy out, um, both Tamau and Tedavano are out, which is going to affect the rotation. Uh, likely positively for guys like James Fisher-Harris in the middle and also maybe Yao as well after he came back successfully last week. Now, the other thing that's the elephant in the room with this is that we've got a heap of backs in the reserves. So, Jersey 18 to 21, we've got Dean Farre. Billy Burns, Matt Burton, and Charlie Staines. Yeah, that's something to really take note of. Definitely don't be doing your trades before we get there because you know, it, it, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see a Mansour um, rested, maybe even a Crichton potentially, but probably more likely Mansour. And then with Matt Burton there, you know, if you're playing Luai and Cleary, you'd have warning signs there that maybe one of them will get sat out. Um, and then you've obviously got Charlie Staines even that's, that's come in as a fill-in before too. So it's good that it's the second game, Billy, I guess. Oh, I, I can't really see them resting theory, mate. I, I think that would be insane. They're on a winning streak and they've got momentum. The last thing you do is sort of get your hops and sit out for a week. If it was someone in a working position, yeah, but... I'm, I, I honestly, I can't see him. I can't see them risking a winger or a half mate. I don't. I don't see that at all. Don't think they'll do it, with Cleary. But what I will say is, I'm more scared of this round than what I am round twenty. Like I don't think the teams are going to rest a week before the finals, but two weeks before the finals this week, and especially when they've got the minor premiership all but wrapped up, it's a bit scary this week for me. I, I think that Mansell, um, because of his niggling injuries and stuff, is probably more chance of getting rested out of the lot. is a young guy, and he's a guy that's had a lot of weight on his shoulders as well. There's a chance that he gets rested. I mean, I guess with if you're, if you're playing Cleary and Luai, um, it would maybe be a concern that one of them has a chance of getting rested. But yeah. I guess that we're just guessing, mate. We really don't know, but... It's, that extended bench isn't great when there's no Fords on it and when they've already got Tyrone May on the interchange. It sort of says to me that they're going to rest somebody. Oh, hopefully it's not year this week. Well, I think that he's probably safe because there's not too many Fords. Um, as far as purchases go, let's talk about the Cowboys first. So 
couple of guys deserve just a quick shout-out. SO Masters returned to first grade, one of my first buys of this season that turned out terribly. Aside from that, Valentine Holmes flew back to earth last week. We only wanted him for one week, two weeks ago when we bought him. But Tom Lolo is the guy that, to talk about with this. I um, have seen a few people say, you know, if he's in, they're, they're looking at putting him in, especially as a Payne Haas replacement because it's a pretty much a direct swap and it's an easy trade to, trade to make. I am not interested in Tom Lolo at all. I know he's a beast, but he had plenty of games where he's going for a few weeks in a row scoring sort of 65 points which wasn't, you know, game-changing and just consistent. I don't see them playing big minutes even if he does play. You know, they might even just look at 20 minutes a half or something. He plays 45 minutes for his first game back in, what, a, a few weeks, um, a month. You know, do you have any interest in Tom Lolo if he gets named to start? No, not this week. But like you said, um, they're, out, they're, out, they're out of the finals contention, mate. Why would they, why would they risk him sort of 65, 70, 80 minutes when there's sort of zero sort of um, need for him to be on the field. Yep, 100%. Just dodge Tamalolo at all costs, I reckon. Um, Panther side of things, there's obviously a lot of interest here, but you'd want to be waiting the hour before kickoff to do your trades to make sure, you know, the makeup of the team. But you're going to be able to do that pretty easy because it's the second game. Josh Mansour, we called him Nathan Blacklock last week. His transformation is complete. He scored again last week. I um, If he's playing... He looks like a supreme matchup purchase for this one against the Cowboys. He's the one that got away from me, mate. I end up getting crying instead. Scored 85 on the weekend, and now that puts him at five tries in his last four games, scoring four weeks in a row. It's a it's a pretty insane streak for Mansour, and I can't see it not continuing if he keeps playing versus the cows and the dogs. Yeah, he's more of averages, mate. He was he was going to get them eventually, but it's just uh, might be a bit of luck, but. It's, not nice to see him get uh, finally get some out there. The ball does seem to be going to him a lot easier than sort of previously, so it's uh, that's, a, that's a good sign. Even if you owned Crichton, I'd still be sort of you know, scared, uh, scared straight this week. Like he, he's only punching for the 33, 33 points a game without a try. So um, even though it's a Cowboys mate, he's, he's got to get a line break and a try to break, to break that sixty. So. I'd, I'd even be. Uh, I was just about to say I'd even sort of trade sort of Crichton to sort of Mansour this week, but that might be sort of silly. Um, but if I was going to bring someone in from from um, Panthers this week, it would probably be uh, right side, then then left, then left side. Go the um, uh, what's the young fellow's name? Brian Tuo. Um, Tuo, yeah, Mansour. Yeah, so he, he just they seem to go to go to the right with, with right with a bit more ease. That's sort of clear his side. He gets a lot more tackle, more tackle tackle bust, um, which is I never thought I'd ever say against the Mansour. But um, yeah, if you go to the other pants, I'd go right wing, left wing, left wing, and then yeah, if, just pray to God that Crichton is going to do something this year now. Two A's absolutely killed it the last um, the last three weeks since his return. He's averaging forty one in pure base the last three weeks. And that's without the base base attack, which actually brings him up to you know fifties very easily. So yeah, he's killed it. 60, 68 without a try last week, wasn't it? Seventy one, seventy one without a try. He had eight tackle breaks. Upgrade, beast. Yeah, he's he's the the, the out of the Panthers backline. He'd be the first guy I'd buy. I'm surprised that more people haven't jumped on him. Um, he's he's still relatively low owned, and he he's a sports vet special. This is the the first. 
first money I'd put on would be Brian Tuo to score. I think he's eight dollars fifty for first try. I'm going to disagree a little bit on on Crichton though. I couldn't trade him last week because I ended up needing him, and I needed someone that was going to play this week because I saw myself being a bit short. He's been really poor lately. I was actually quite happy with his 43 points on the weekend, considering he had no try involved. He's only 400k. That's that's a big deal. If somebody's got two trades left, even if you're trading um, two semi-guns, you might only be able to afford with no bank to get one real expensive gun in, and you need someone a bit cheaper, especially a centre-wing guy. 400k, I actually think Stephen Crichton could be real value against the Cowboys and Bulldogs in the next two weeks. He's been... Uh, shortlisted for the New South Wales squad. He's going to have a bit of a point to prove. The defence of those outside backs for the Cowboys in particular is awful. Like, we've got the Turnstile Masters back again. I'm just trying to remember whether they're on the same side of the field. I can't quite remember. No, he switched to... uh, He used to be on the right side, but he switched to his playing left side last week. That's why he went over the line. Ah, jeez. If they were on the same side, Crichton would be a double special, but... I still like him to score a try this week, at least one. Um, and he, he might be good for two if uh, if the Panthers really putting on the Cowboys. Yeah, he's um, clearly made in two or up against Masters. Uh, yeah, yeah, are up against Masters this week. Right. Well, you know that's a that's great for Cleary. Um, the other side of things, so <laughs> you know, I don't think the Cowboys' other side's that fantastic either. They've got Talagul, uh and Kyle Felt on that other side. Um, and felt let in a terrible try last week and um, came in a couple of times as well. And Murray Talago is obviously a um, relative rookie. So the, both sides are going to look good for the Panthers' attack, I reckon. I, I'm I'm salivating to play Stephen Crichton. Um, if you needed a guy that's 400k or less, I think that he's a decent purchase. But we mentioned the elephant in the room, which is Cleary. We've left him to the end because he's just the beast of the back line and the guy that just keeps on keeping on. He scored 110 points initially last week and got downgraded, which I didn't see coming, mate, but he still ended up on 104. And he did that with relatively ease, it seemed, against your Panthers in a, a bit of a grinding game. Coming up against the Cows and the Dogs, I mentioned that I could consider a VC on uh, on Damien Cook, but the VC or C on Cleary this week looks looks perfectly fine as a choice. In fact, it looks fantastically Supercoach gold. Yeah, I like it. Gonna take it off and give it to someone at Manly though. I just he he just doesn't seem to have like massive time games. He just seems to hover around that sort of consistent sort of eighty to hundred and ten and it's not that's not big enough to loop. So for me I'm just gonna steer clear. Um he he's only he, I think he had one game this year where he hits at hundred and thirty. Last year he had a one eighty, but but that's only sort of one game in what the whole season, you got you got to get it right in the money, otherwise it's, it's a waste. So I'm going to probably go one of the other guys. It's kind of a bit more regular in in the bigger tons of the area. Yep, fair enough call. Um, I'm probably going to end up having the VC on Cleary though. I can't not have a piece of this game. Um, and for me, I think a lot of teams are struggling for 17 this week, Billy. So I think that it's going to be a lot easier to loop, which means the amount that some teams will loop will probably be less as far as the score. So, I mean, for me, if Cleary threw up, you know, that 110 mark, yeah. I'll probably take that as a free loop. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, aside from Cleary, we've already mentioned Luai. We don't, we don't really give a lot of love to the Fords in this uh, in this pack, so I think we probably should. Obviously, Kickout cannot be talked about uh, because he's broken everybody's heart, so we're, we're not even going to go there, mate. But 
Uh, James Fisher-Harris, he did play big minutes on the weekend. Um, 77 minutes for 79 points. But he's now gone 68, 79 points the last two weeks. That that bench for the Panthers and the extended bench in particular, you know, the extended bench doesn't have any forwards on it. And the bench has still got Tyrone May on it. And they've obviously got um, Ted Ivano and Tamal both out. So his minutes for this week at least look like they're going to be high again. And again, when we're talking about cut yeah. price guys, 450k for a dual second row, front row forward, he might just be a, a bit of a spot filler. Yeah, it's probably a really good shot. If, you, if you're in... Oh, what can I say? <laughs> if you're one of those people that own Haas, yeah, everyone, and you really need to win this week and you really need to bolster your forwards because you just don't have a, I don't know, you don't have a Rudolph or some or Maguire's guy or something or other, he's probably the a decent, one of the very few decent half-size options there. reason is, uh, I know I know he played bigger minutes last week, but that was because he was playing lock for a year, wasn't it? Um, but the... Sorry, the, sorry, the week before with those with with those forwards out, like he he, he has played um, big minutes in the in the sort of ten jersey before, so well, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, the only other options are probably you know either taking an, an AE or maybe a junior Paulo um, type or pray someone like Clemmer sort of play, plays more than sort of fifty five minutes or has the offloads back. Yeah, for value, um, there really is only sort of Paulo and, and James Fisher-Harris around that 450k mark for a front row spot. Um, so Fisher-Harris might be a decent decent consideration for people, at least for this week. He's going he's gonna to get you there through until next week when Haas is back. If you don't want to trade Haas and you just want to get a duel in, you could trade a second rower to him or, or something or move him into the second row next week. Where do you think this is going to go? I Even if a couple of players are rested, Billy, I really can't see the Panthers not winning. And you know, I was going to say 13-plus, but the Cows kind of started well last week and then ended up finishing well somehow. And the Panthers haven't quite been throwing teams off the park. So, yeah, maybe it won't be 13-plus. I don't know. But I don't see them losing. Never thought I'd ever say this, but that was a storm. Now they're playing the Panthers, mate. It's a lot harder. <laughs> Fair call. Well, I, I don't see the, the Panthers scoring less than, say, 28-plus points, put it that way, and that's going to be super coach goal for the outside backs. Let's have a look at this next game. Eels versus Broncos, because I'm going to give you plenty of time to talk about this one. Eels changes. we got Marnie back after missing a week. That's going to help you guys a lot, I reckon. And for the Broncos, Brody Croft was going to come in for O'Sullivan, which I thought was a terrible idea, because I thought O'Sullivan looked okay. He's younger. He hasn't had as much chances as Croft, so why why take him out? Payne Haas is a big one, though. He's gone. Um, he should be back next week after leaving the bubble for personal reasons. The Broncos side still looks bad, mate. And looking at your Eels side, you know, you couldn't score points lately, but you're coming up against a Broncos side that, you know, half of their positions are like number one or two in, in conceding super coach points to the opposition. So surely your Eels just run right at Bankwest Stadium versus Broncos side. Uh, you think so? <laughs> but I wouldn't be good. I've been saying it for weeks now. We've been overachieving all year, mate. I think we bounced back and we put a few points on, but I think we sort of leaked some as well. Um, I know the Broncos haven't got sort of half in their team, but they've still got the fear that Carrigan will play bigger minutes. We do stupid things. Moses isn't, isn't the most attacking player in the world. They've, they've got stags. I reckon, they, I reckon they put a couple of tries on us, but we're, we're going to have to pull our finger out and score sort of four to win this. But 
I don't think it'll be a blowout, mate. I think I think it'll be more like you know, twenty-two fourteen type scoreline for the Eels. Okay, well, fair enough. Let's talk about your best super coach player, Ryan Madison. I'm going to throw out there yep. that uh, Ryan Madison is a captaincy option for this week, and we all know we've all spoken about that the Broncos' edge defence is terrible, and Madison is one of the better guys to be running out there. He's offloads, tackle breaks. And potential for a line break try is really high against that Broncos edge. He only scored 66 on the weekend with no um, stats other than base, which was his 66 points. But I, I'm i really smelling a try against that Broncos edge. Uh, and as far as sports bet goes, it's huge odds. But I really like him as a, a safe captaincy against the Broncos side, Billy. He looked pretty quiet last week, too. He, he just sneaks up on you. Like he, just, just, just when you think he's going to score 45 points, he always gets upgraded to 60. You think to yourself, where the hell did that come from? Um, yeah, look, I, I think I, I do like the um, the edges versus, uh, versus the ponies. You know, I'll always love having a bet on them, too. Um, I think that's probably all I'm going to do this week, but just have sort of a you know, $5 bet on him, him scoring being the first try scorer or sort of any, any, any time in a multi you probably get sort of five bucks for that as for captain uh, probably only because there's so many good options around lately I probably don't want to go with the guy that's going to go between 65 and 95 with a try um, I'd, re- I'd much rather go with you know, the, the halves that are going to sort of score that almost their sleep moment that's all yeah, that's fair enough. Um, for the last meetup, I will just go through his numbers. He, you guys played the Broncos in round three, and Madison threw up yeah. 99 points in that one. And his stats were five offloads, including a line break try assist, also yeah, a monster work rate of uh, 16 runs. So he was obviously getting the ball a lot out there. He was obviously offloading really easy and breaking tackles as well. So if it's a repeat performance, you're looking at around the ton mark. That's why I really like him. But, I mean, it's a safety one, Billy, you know, because sometimes the first couple of games, if people have a lot of Panthers in their side, you're going to kind of know where your opposition stands and you might just need that safety. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, true. Um, I, I, I just prefer the guys that get their hands on, on their ball, ball uh, a lot more closer to the line and, and um, have, have, more, have more attacking opportunity for a captain option. That's all, mate. Yep. I uh, completely see the upside argument for sure. Junior Paulo is another guy in the pack, um, but he's a guy that looks like value now. He he obviously fell off a little bit a month ago, but he had back spasms and also an ankle injury, which I've said to a few people. That was sort of from around 14 onwards. After, you know, spending it's sort of three weeks in a row, he went 48, 48, 49 minutes. Round 17, he went up to 55 minutes, and last week he went up to 62 minutes. So the last two weeks, he's averaged 60 points, and he seems to be back to the junior Paulo that we were kind of expecting when we bought him a couple of months ago. So he looks like he's back. The upshot, mate, is that if you're looking for cover, like we said, instead of James Fisher-Harris, 448,000 you can get junior Paulo at, and he's playing a Broncos side that, uh, that isn't very strong in the middle and has lost their best middle in Payne Huss. I uh, I could see him as a decent replacement as well if you're looking for a prop with uh, TKO and also Haas out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see if he scored a try yet. Um, Zero uh, tries yet this year, so he's going to try and avoid the nudie run. Yeah, that's where I was getting that, mate. I um I think I was telling you before I got lucky last weekend with a with a couple. Um, I had a few different multis with um 
had Rudolph in there for one and Tapao in there as well. Tino I had in there and um, uh, Nelson I had in there. So I don't think we're going to get that many this week, but uh, it, it, it is the, uh, the time of year for forwards, mate. So if I was going to pick pick a couple to go over the line the next couple of weeks, he would be one. Carrigan will be another. Haas next week, I think, will be sort of a special. There's some decent odds around for those sort of fellas this time of year. So I'd be having a crack at him. Yeah, and uh, look, I'm, I'm going to just say it. I, I've loved Paulo all year. Um, he's fallen off the last month to make me look bad, but he's been injured. I really like him as a buy at 450k when people need a front row forward. I, I would rather him than um, than Fisher Harris purely on the base base attack. Billy, you know, he's going to get the tackle breaks and offloads, and he's healthy now. So I, I actually don't, I like your call too. I think that he could go over for a try this week. Um, could go over for a treble, but um, I think it's more realistic that you get one in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so too. You mentioned um, Carrigan. We'll get to him in a minute as well. But let's just quickly say with these backs for your boys, the Broncos' backs get carved up. Even good players like Tony Staggs aren't great defensively for the Broncos. We haven't spoken about Sevo for quite some time because he just went to absolute dog shit. I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't been playing Sevo and I've also been benching Moses of late and I'm going to be dusting both of those guys off. I think Sebo and Moses are both great plays this week. Sebo haven't played for a few weeks, and it's worked out well. But if you needed someone cheap in, 340k for Sebo, and I'm going to be betting that he scores a double this week. Straight to sports bet for the double try. First try score is $6.50. I'm in for all of it, mate. Not sure about first try scorer, but I will over the double. Um, I think he's got some good potential there this week for that. I don't know how many how many runs he goes on, so I'm not sure what sort of base base stats you're going to get there. But I think it's more about sort of making coin off him now. So, would you buy him if you didn't own him, or is it just uh, play play if you got him now type call? I would buy him. A um, couple of reasons. One, I would buy him if I needed someone cheap. So you know. If you wanted to, you, you'd probably be better off holding some of these other guys out for next week that you know are going to play, like the Teddy and the Haas, and trading, you know, like a, a pleb that's sitting around for 250k or 300k out of your centre wing to just get Sevo in. Um, I think that that's a good reason to get him in. Other thing too is that I think this week, I don't see very many strike centre wings that are as good as what Sevo's upside could be. Against the Cowboys round eight, mate, I, I'm, like his runs are terrible and his base has been really bad. Yeah. But against the Cowboys, he put up 145 points this year. You know, he's he's got that in him to do it. Against Manly, he didn't even score a try and he put up 103 points just from his line breaks and, and try assists. So he does have that attack in him if they go bulk attack. So if you don't think that the Eels are going to go bulk attack against the Broncos, don't get him. But if you do, and you think the Eels are going to go, you know, 30 or 40 points on the Bronx, well, I think absolutely you trade him in. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out where I would get him or get someone like Guffo that, that you know is going to go on the sweep this week. And worst case scenario, if sort of what's his name doesn't get it, you know, Guffo gets the points. But I think I think it's more the sort of price point and the wing position that, that's the um, the uh, opportunity here, not, 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 a, not a position like Guffo. I'm torn, mate. I, 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 I would hate to recommend him only to find out that people sort of waste sort of three hundred grand as opposed to waiting from January next year. <laughs> but I tell you, but if it, look, if there's going to be one or two seven three quarters that they're going to go sort of over hundred this hundred this week, he would he would be uh, quite 
quite possibly one of them. I'd probably still back the um, the the cheap kid from Manly. Um, the, oh, what was his name? The one from last week. Harper. I, yeah, if you had to pick between the two, would you go Harper or would you go Semi? I'd, I'd go Sebo, uh, just because we, he's got a known upside. And just also just because I think the Broncos are so terrible. Like, sorry, Broncos fans, but they're just, they're just no good. Um, so I think that your boy's going to put on points, so that's why I'd go for him. And to your fullback point, like I think Gutho will go well too, but I think that you have to weigh up one the price point, but who you're trading out. You know, you could trade out an absolute bum that's not even playing and get Sebo in. Or you could trade out a Teddy to get Gutho and not have Teddy next week. Yeah, I just don't think that you can not have Teddy next week just to get Gutho instead of Sebo. Yeah, it's probably a good point. I disagree for a Turbo or Pogger type trade, but for Gutho, yeah, I agree. Moses I'm playing as well. Now, I'm not going to recommend Moses to anyone to purchase. Um, he's in a position, obviously, where there's a lot of better options. But if you own him, coming off 20 points against Penrith, um, I'm... I'm very comfortable to play him this week against the Broncos. This is if if you are, this is the only reason you're running for the games like this. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no Brown as well. Do you think that he comes out of his shell a little bit and really gets the attack going for the for the Eels this this week against the Broncos? Oh, oh mate, I I I would actually sort of throw a DC on this week. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I, sort of, I, know I sort of hang shit on him and say, look, he's absolute garbage. But every, every now and then, you know, the turtle comes out of his shell. At Bayquest, the Eels haven't been um, scoring points. They're out of form. The defense has been good, but I reckon he gets a rocket, a rocket up in this week. And they got Haas out. They got the Broncos have lost how many in a row? They're they're on the back foot. Eels, the Eels need a win to get some momentum going in, going into the finals, mate. Look, if he, if he doesn't fire this week, they may as well sort of pack up and go. And so, I know I said probably going to be like a twenty-two sort of fourteen type scoreline. <laughs> they're going to have to get the 22 somehow and that's going to be off the back of Moses anyway so yeah um, I reckon he gets a lot better this week but whether it's two try assists or 22 I don't know mate but if he's going to score this is the only game he's going to score and I mean Bankwest is a huge factor for this so I think that you make a good point with the yeah. Eels needing to bounce back and needing to get the win to go in, going into the finals and the Broncos having nothing to play for and the fact that it's at Bankwest I think that's a huge deal for, for guys like Moses to to really um, G, G up for this one and be fired up and ready to go. So I, I like it as a play. I would like to buy other eels as well, but you obviously can't buy too many others. Uh, I'll throw out there that people have mentioned Blake Ferguson. <laughs> you, you've got to play him again. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a problem. But, uh, you know, people are throwing out Blake Ferguson just because he got his try last week. I would 100% get Sebo over Blake Ferguson. You know, it's taken him how long? 17 rounds to score a try. I don't think that means he's going to go on a run. Um, and Sean Lane, I'll give a shout-out to. He's actually had a pretty solid season. The other edge, aside from Madison, if you had a, um, if you had uh, either some cash in your sports bet account to go for a massive odds first try score at maybe 25 to 1, Sean Lane's there for your $2 bet. Um, otherwise, if you had no injuries, Billy, and your team was set and you wanted to throw in a, a hand grenade pod because you were down in a head-to-head matchup, Sean Lane this week alone uh, against the Broncos' edge, maybe he's another one that might um, that might benefit playing at Bankwest. Oh, oh, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's <laughs> so lazy, mate. It's like, you know, let, let me retract that. I've never played footy, so I don't know if he's lazy, but he just doesn't have the same sort of work rate. Like, he might look dangerous when he gets the ball, but um, it's, it's kind of like sort of, you know, Lucio and Lulia. Because, because of his size, he just 
he looks bad when he's running, but it's still only a single run and maybe a tackle bust. So you're only getting sort of four points for, you know, what, seven or eight runs a game, as opposed to, you know, someone else who's makes them 20 runs a game for one meter. It just all adds up to the same points. So I wouldn't get sucked in by him. <laughs> he really needs to go over the line to get like a 65, 70. So I'd, I'd probably still go Maddo if I was going to pick one in that team. Oh, of course. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. You, you've got to go Maddo for sure. Um, but, I mean, if you wanted to double up um, as a hand grenade to try and catch up, um, quick numbers. I wasn't going to go through numbers for him, but just real quick. 55 in a real bad loss against the Panthers on the weekend. The three weeks before that, 68, 66, yeah. and 60. And the last game against the Broncos, Billy, 91 points with a line break try. Uh, I'll have a tweet all the way he doesn't do that again if you like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just put that on Sportsbet. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about the Broncos. Carrigan, he's, uh, he's another one that hasn't scored that you want to have a, a bit of a flutter on. I was actually, to be honest, all set on considering if everybody was playing this week, I was actually going to consider trading Carrigan to, um, to someone else because the last two weeks, He's played 67 and 72 minutes, which isn't terrible, but he was playing 80 before that. And, you know, he's subsequently scored 61 points on the weekend in, in 67 minutes. Um, so I just sort of thought I might go for a higher upside guy. He's surely looking at 80 minutes again this week, though, that Payne Haas is out and they're a bit under strength. And you've spoken for years about the, the super coach points and the tries to Eels middles. Um, he's not a prop, but he is a middle. So he's definitely a play this week, and, and you're having a flutter on him as well. You think he's going over? He started playing sort of 55 minutes, and then the last the last few games has increased to sort of 80, uh, or, or close to it. Um, looks a lot more dangerous with the ball. If it was against the Storm or one of those other sort of top sides, I, I would say no. But I think the fact that there's only two games two games left, he's playing more minutes. He got half out. Yeah, I just think if, if he's got, if he's going to go over, mate, this is. This week or next week's the one that's going to have a crack at him. Yep. And uh, Katoni Staggs, I'll just mention, just because a lot of people were talking about bringing him in last week, scored 31 points against the Gold Coast. Uh, and that's with goal kicking that we're all excited about. So I didn't like him last week. I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm glad that I'm, I've been uh, vindicated on that call. 510,000. I would not be owned anywhere near him if you owned him. You probably need to play him, Billy, but if I had six centre wings... I'd still even consider just benching him or or selling him. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell him. I I would take him as an A for your um your front row forward if anything. <laughs> but um, the, the, the purchase idea last week wasn't the um wasn't the worst. I I, I would have been on, on on the bandwagon now if I um if I had the coin. So it was kind of an unexpected anomaly, especially given what what he did the week before. Um, it's at Paris Stadium, or whatever you call it, Bank West now. So I wouldn't sort of, I wouldn't be backing for it, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too scared of playing. That's for sure. All right. Well, thirty-three points against Paris last time, but maybe this time will be different. Um, it is a while ago since round three. As far as the result, mate, I'm going to go out here and give you a, a heap of support. I think that the Eels bounce back this week and put it on the Broncos. I think it's an absolute carve-up, and they're looking at a 36-10 to 10 scoreline. Really? You reckon they're going to carve-up, eh? Partially because I think they're going to be pretty desperate. I think Bankwest is going to be good to them, and I think the Broncos are absolutely terrible. And now that they've got no Haas and 
a few other guys filling in. Like they're playing Ben Teo prop. It's they just look abysmal. So I I can't see the Eels not bouncing back this week. All, all circumstances considered. Well, I mean, I hope we do. I really hope we do. Um, I, I would like to see something to get excited about for the finals, or at least a, a bit of a, a bit of a sign of life before we sort of get drilled by <laughs> bigger <laughs> football teams. But um, yeah, I'll just I think we might just sit back and enjoy this one, mate. Fafita was really lazy last week. I'll, I'll just throw that in there. Um, just for your opinion on it, he's he hasn't looked great. His work rate isn't fantastic. Um, I don't think that your edges are that great for him to be running at. Madison and Lane are pretty decent defensively. You'd probably play him if you own him, I'd take it. Oh, you, you, you would have to, unless you consider upgrading or trade him out. Um, I think if anyone owns him at this point in the season, they're, they're thinking of him, of him as, a, as a keeper, but not as a not as a, uh, a uh, bench option. Yeah, agreed. Uh, sea Eagles versus Titans. This one's a lotto land, so it could be huge for the Sea Eagles with Tom Trevojevic. Named in Jersey 21, a chance of playing. Other than that, there isn't really a huge amount of super coach news as far as changes. For the Titans, uh, both Furmore is out with Kevin Proctor returning. Uh, that's going to be pretty bad for people's depth because that, that's the sort of player that some people might be relying on um, to maybe throw in a 17th man if they're really short. So that's that kind of sucks for people that needed him. I think I disagree with you on this one. Trevojevic, if he is named to come in and start at fullback. I would not want to be touching him, even though it's the Titans, only because I'm low on trades, so maybe that's why I'm a bit different to you. But I just couldn't afford him to get an injury and for him to be stuck there, um, and I'd be a little bit worried. He's also not played for a very long time, you know, several months since he's played a game. So I can see the benefit, and I wouldn't like. I'm not going to hassle you for doing it, and especially because you got three trades. But it's not going to come without risk. Yeah, I know that. If it was a look, if it was, if I was in the top 100 or being the head to head final, one that I really, really needed to win, I'd probably wait until the last minute before making the trade and also see what news there is around his, around his hemi and see how well he, um, he, he runs on the field pregame. Maybe have a look at the, the size of the strapping as well. Like, if he's, if he's, if he's strapped up anything like Dugan, I'll be sticker and stick with him. <laughs> if it's a little bit light, if it's a little bit light, he's running well. Probably take a punt, uh, only because I think if there's one person in in, in the world who can, who's who's a low percent owned pod, they can score massive and can win you a game. Um, it's this bloke against this team at, uh, at home. Um, the only other thing I'll throw in there is that, is that his average rest of the Titans is 100, and that's previous to this year's rule changes. So um, he, he was also on pretty much 74 or 76 points in over every single game this year, except the first one when he was just sort of coming, coming back from, um, from injury. Um, and that included his last game when he was on sort of 74 or 78 points after sort of 50 minutes. Well, I just realised I said his last game was when he was coming back from injury this year, which is exactly what he's doing now. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to talk yourself into selling him, into buying him, aren't you? You just want to buy him. Yeah, I'm selling Teddy for him, mate. I'm just going to do it. Teddy's not playing this week, so I think I'll bugger it. I'll give it a go. Uh, fun. That's not going to work out next week for you, but we'll see. Morgan Harper threw up 75 points on the weekend with a try and did just about what we thought he was going to do. Um, and he was only like 240 yeah. grand. Amazing results um, as far as a downgrade in play. 
He's now gone 75 and 101 the last two weeks and comes up against the Titans. Still only 300 grand. I'm, I'm still fine. If you don't have the money, I think he's still a bit of a plug and play. Um, I mean, Sebo's there to sort of look at a different option, and I'll probably lean Sebo this week against the Broncos, but I could definitely be talked into getting Morgan Harper instead at 300k. Oh, I, I would be going Harper only because he's got that game next week as well. Um, so there's a hell of a run, Titans and Warriors. That, that, yes, yeah, so that does does have a sweet run the next couple of weeks. So that 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 was a reason for sort of um, um, getting in DGE, but um, and sort of um, giving giving people the the idea that sort of getting in Harper wasn't the worst sort of downgrade last week, given that he wasn't sort of rock bottom dollar because he was a fifth century quarter option for you especially with the draw, and obviously that's come into play this week. But given his tackle-busting ability the week before last, he was obviously an option last weekend too, and some people took him and reaped the rewards of the the 80-odd points uh, last week as well. Oh, yeah, and look, it's amazing that he's still only 2% owned. So that's the thing with him. He's a cheap guy that's that's averaging, you know, 90 points the last two weeks, and he's only 2% owned. And you can plug and play him. Um, with this matchup against the Titans. So it, it is an amazing um, matchup for him. You did mention next week. You probably, next week is a really good point. You've talked me into going him over Siva, um just because of next week as well. So I think that works out really well for him. DCE, mate, he killed it last week. I think I can't, we can't take too much credit for that one because I think everyone predicted that he would. He, um, yeah. he, he absolutely carved. He ended up being a good VC or C option. Um, Ended up on 112, and the week before he got 114. So he's now averaged over the last two weeks a solid 113 points. He's playing the Gold Coast Titans this week, and it's at Lotto Land as well, not away like last week. It's screaming VC yeah. or C this week for DCE. Um, yeah, just trying to decide whether it's whether it's him or um, or Turbo. Do I, do I do for the DC? Because um, obviously, if you DC Turbo, you can't sort of see Ponga. Just trying to figure out what other options there are later in the weekend. Uh, where it's the uh, Cam Smith would be a good one, but uh, does he get re- does he get rested with sort of Smithy on Smithy being a late uh, being a, a late comeback? So, uh, but yeah, more to your more to your point. Um, yeah, how about the DC option again? Does he go big enough? I uh, don't know. Like I. Uh, I VC'd him last week, but I didn't loot. I just wasn't sure how much he would upgrade to. I didn't think it would be enough, and it ended up working out well because I would have, I would have had to, I would have had to have left out um, um, Man, Mansour or two two o for him, and I would have chosen Mansour. So um, the difference between Mansour and Hammer's scroll would have completely offset, you know, showing mm-hmm. the difference between Cherry and Teddy or whatever it was. So. Worked out well, but um, yeah, this week could be a different story. I think that if you if you set your team up, team up right for this run home, you don't have an AE problem. Um, and then in which case, 112 points again is enough for you to loop with the VC because you're probably taking a you know, yeah. The problem is everyone, everyone's. I think a lot of people have Rudolph, and he could quite easily chuck up to the 45. So although when you say AE, you're not there. Like, what do you mean? Are you talking like something less than sort of twenty, twenty-five points? Or oh, Hammer fits that bill nicely that you mentioned before. He's certainly one of them, so that's one. Um, but I mean, look, yeah, we're, we're talking semantics here. DC could go one hundred and fifty, and then you know, no worries. 
Yeah, I know what you're saying, but the only thing there is the um, the the VC and the C options are pretty high ownership or high ownership guys. So to say, you know, oh, if um, DTE scores 180, it's not really going to matter. Well, it kind of does because a lot of people are going to do it. So and a lot of those people aren't going to have hammer. So you're still going to fall off. Even though he scored 180, you're still going to be behind airball. I think it. I think it's a, a combination of you know, the low percentage pods that you sort of choose for that big score, and, and like you said, what your A, what your A is, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, and if you got a low A, it becomes much harder to execute it. I think that the biggest drawback from from looking at DCEs, the C or VC option, is that you can't get a, a piece of Nathan Cleary early in the week because they're both halfback only. So you can only VC yeah. or C one of them. I think that if DCE was a, a five eight, um, then the VC Cleary C DCE could work really well. But because you don't have that, uh, maybe he's not not there quite. But head to head matchups that are desperate, mate. If you had to change your captaincy to go for broke, throwing the straight C on DCE, I wouldn't tell anyone not to. I can definitely see him scoring a hundred plus as a C. <laughs> Look, they're, they're they're playing the Cowboys, so. I- at the no, sorry, not, not them. Um, sorry, Panthers are playing the Cowboys. So at the very at the very least, if you wanted to VC Cherry Evans, you would actually know what Hammer's score is before you even do it. So you would actually know what your A is, A E is, whether you want the one to risk it. Yeah, if you had Hammer, and they are playing later in the week as well, so um, you, you're going to know really sort of a lot of the layout of your team. Uh, I still think he's a great buy too, 550 grand. Um, but we, we're going to have to move on from DCE. I will just throw out there Curtis Sirenin. That bet came off as well last week. Mate, same game multi. Manly to win. Morgan Harper to score. Curtis Sirenin to score. $11.50. Bang last week on all those calls. Uh, I didn't trade in Curtis. He only no. scored, only scored in 56 points with his try because it was off a kick, but he still got his try. And still got the solid 56. So Curtis gets a shout out for that, at least for the win. I would go, um, Cherry Evans and, um, to power 50 to 1. Oof. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, to power very well could, you know, this week. He's about, he's about due to get a try at some point. Um, the Titans side. Yeah, I backed him last week. I backed him last week to 1. Um, that, that multi didn't come off because I think I had some other bummy there. But, um, I, I backed him again this week. The Titans side, Brimson has been the most relevant guy of late. He disappointed everyone. He gets the Broncos an easier matchup, only 30 points. Um, and you know, all of that was base points as well. He didn't have anything else. If you, I don't think he's a buy at all. You would not consider him. But if you owned him and a lot of people have bought him the last two weeks for that run, would you play him or bench him at Lotto Land versus Manly. I actually think that um, that Manly's in for a decent win, especially if Trevojevic plays. Oh, I would have to consider benching him, I think. Yeah, I've been umming and umming about that all, all afternoon, but I've, I've decided that, you know, it's probably less of a risk to play him like a, a running fullback uh, as opposed to playing Luciano versus the Storm. I think... Uh, if he can score 30 points last week doing nothing, and you're probably going to get sort of you know, 45 points off of Luciano. Actually, Luciano could do sort of, you know, could do more. I think he scored 61 last week without uh, without any sort of attack. But he, I think he had like sort of four offloads or something there and a few TVs. So uh, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd have to bench. You'd have to bench Luciano for sure. Yeah. 
So, long story short, I think you got my point there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think the Seagulls are going to win well at Lotto Land. I think it'll be sort of a 24 to, 24 to 12, 30 to, 30 to 16 type of scoreline. I think they'll win by double figures anyway. I think you're right. I think, um, I don't think Titans are as big a pushover as, as they have been. It's, it's like they've got like a, uh, a, re, a renewed lease on life, or they've got a bit more heart with it. They just seem to be putting putting in a bit more. They're they're not they're not they're not they don't collapse as much as what they have been previously. So it's yeah, it's good to see one. Yeah, I think they're playing some pretty good football. I think the new coach has um has done some good things with them. I mean, like I you know I had this um, disagreement with Wilfred and a couple of other past champs and stuff as well. We were chatting and. Um, you know, they were like, oh, Bardsy, you can't say the Titans are easy beats anymore. I was like, no, no, I agree. The, like, the Titans are playing well. But it doesn't mean they're not one of the worst teams in the in the league as far as, you know, defending super coach points. And they, they are terrible as far as super coach goes. You want to be playing them. That doesn't mean that they're a terrible team. They've actually been putting in a lot of good efforts, but they still get some good super coach scores put up against them. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly, particularly from Turbo, mate. I'm going to take that 100 average and run with it. Good luck to you. We'll see what happens next week. Storm vs Tigers is the next one. Uh, for the Storm, we got Welsh back at prop um, with uh, Solomon moving to lock, which means Big Tino, if anyone got him in as a bit of a pod, he's back on the bench, so that's not good news. Um, the Storm aren't resting anyone, though, it seems. Everyone's been named. We do have Brandon Smith in the extended bench, though, so he could come in. If he does, that might mean that, uh, that Cameron gets an early shower, potentially. West Tigers news. Um, Joey Leilua returns. Um, Luke Brooks is replaced in the house by Josh Reynolds. Uh, and other than that, nothing um, hugely relevant aside from Jake, Jacob Little got dropped, uh, which means that on the bench now, as it stands, they've got four forwards. Uh, and they're actually four middles, uh, sorry, three middles and an edge as well. So it looks like that, um, that Harry Grant by that bench might be playing 80 minutes against the Storm. His old club mate, so he might be good to go with a bit of a point to prove against Cameron. Yeah, I think I think so, mate. <laughs> I think there's there are definitely some points on offer here this week, but who gets rested and where? Uh, not sure. That's the reason why I'm not sure about the captaincy, mate. I think I'd probably prefer to leave it this week off those blokes. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you straight off the bat. I'm not going to look at this game at all for captaincy or vice captaincy options. Both cams went. Exceptional last week, both tunned up. Um, but I would be way too scared this week on um, on guys getting rested, especially if Brandon Smith comes into the side. Oh, particularly with Monster on what sort of fifteen points, just going in a half time before he got that line break try, and then another one where he's just gone through by what Moses part of the season. It was just like a you know, one kilometre gap. He just strolled through. Like actually, I lied. There was a little hurdle there. He had to jump over. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just. Mate, he just he just, just just seemed to be sort of sitting at the back, just doing his own thing, and all of a sudden, thirty points, sixty points, bang, done. He did a he did a real real effort job on me in some of my way. matchups because uh, I didn't have him, and I was like pretty happy at the half, and then he just in a twenty minute period just went bang bang, and it really really stuck. From two runs, yeah. Um, I mean, look. We're both saying that we're not going to VC or see those guys. If you own Cam Munster and Cameron Smith, you're not going to be worried at all about playing and That's not even a discussion. So no need to worry about that. But on the Tigers side of things, you know, I mentioned Harry Grant's looking at 80 minutes against, um, you know, his mentor, yeah. Cameron Smith. Would you, normally, you know, you'd want to bench 
teams like the Tigers against the Melbourne Storm. But to me, I'd be playing Harry Grant. I just think he's that good. He's locked in for 80 minutes, and he's going to really go at the Storm pretty hard. So I wouldn't have any issues playing Harry is Grant. You, is you really, I couldn't be seeing, but um, if, if you're only you sort of playing, you're not going to... Um, you're not going to not play a bloke like that, particularly if you're holding sort of this long. Because no, no, no one would have. Let's face it, no one would have bought him the last sort of couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, aside from Harry Grant, the other gun in this Tiger side is David Nofaluma, and he's a little bit of a trickier proposition. I am going to admit something big here, and I didn't even mention that I was going to do it last week on the podcast. We mentioned that um, Nofo might be coming into sell territory, and I bit the bullet last week because it just worked out that. I knew that I wasn't going to play him this week. I was going to bench him. And because of how much money he was worth and playing South with some of the, um, some of the matchups that I looked at there, I just sort of thought, you know what? I'm just going to sell Nofo. And he got 61 last week. I sold him straight to Tupo and banked uh, about 150 grand to use elsewhere. So I was obviously really happy with the result. If you own Nofo this week, Billy, um, are you benching him and or are you selling him? No way. Uh, number one, probably too many fish to fry for, for everyone to worry about a, a, a trade like that. Not not everyone's got enough trades left. So, and, and the the other thing as well, like you go back and listen to um, you know, there's uh, not just other podcasts, but in, including ourselves, plenty of people were saying you know three weeks ago that Nofo was was an option to sell, but um, he just he just seems to get through it, mate. That he he, he was on sort of you know. 30, 30 points with sort of 10 seconds ago versus the Chooks and just still managed to fall through the line and end up on sort of 70 or something rather. Um, uh, not not last week, 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 week before. Um, just, just did his thing, tackle-busting, tackle-busting, had a decent score. Yes, he didn't do that great last week, but I'll tell you what, he was running the ball tackle-busting like, like he always has been, mate. So I find no, I see nothing wrong with sort of taking a guy that's going to score 44, 46 points just being on the field and taking taking runs from wingers. Yeah, I disagree with you a little bit. I, I'll agree with you as far as if you've got other problems, like and you struggle in a field of seventeen, then certainly you need to fix that up and and keep the guys that are playing like Nofo. If you don't, uh, I would one hundred percent consider not playing him against the Storm, and I would one hundred percent be fine to sell him if it means that you can get a better matchup. Um, I sold him straight to Tupo last week. I think Tupo is going to outscore him again this week. I see him as a, a better play again. I see Campbell Graham as a better play again. And all of those trades are going to bank the better part of you know 80 grand if you do it. So I've, I've got no issue with doing that at all because um, I think that you're going to end up with better points in that position. Yeah, possible. Um, I'm just of the opinion I just probably wouldn't want to... The burn a trade on at this, at this point in the season, but yeah, it's 107. But I know, what, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I actually think the Tigers have got a pretty good record. Looking back at some odds and stuff, I think that um, the Tigers have beaten the, the Melbourne Storm quite a bit in their matchups over the years. I don't see it happening this week, Billy. Obviously, Pappenhausen's out again, um, which we didn't mention, so you, you've got to sell him at this point if you still own him. But I, I can kind of see this one almost being close, mate. You know, the Storm even gave up a little bit of ground to the Cowboys last week, only won by 16. I can see maybe, I think, a 24-16 type of Storm win or something like that. Yeah. Oh. I think I think the Storm put a bit more, more points than that on. I think if you go back and watch last week, I think um, the, the first try was scored by the Cowboys, but that was sort of a bit of a breakaway or a, a, 
penalty against the player, the ball then all of a sudden a kick in the air and they've, got, they've gone over the line sort of quickly. So they got off to a quick start and Storm sort of racked them up and then they got one. They got one, one more from that. That's sort of sweet play. Um, so look, they can put 12 points on pretty quickly from not much, but um, Storm was still going to put a, put a clinic on that. Oh, I'm sure that they'll still win. Um, you know, it might only be ten point win or something though. Um, but they're still going to win, and I don't think it'll be a one point win or anything. Roosters versus Sharks is the next one. Uh, big one for me, Danny. I'll be going out for this one. The uh, the Roosters side has got some uh, some big changes, and it really stings. Tedesco is rested, which means Manu moves to fullback, Orbison to centre, uh, Lasik back on the bench, and Takiaho is rested as well. With uh, with Jared returning from being rested last week, unbelievable for the Roosters. For the Sharkies, um, we don't have really any changes that are going to be relevant for them. Um, in fact, they're unchanged. Let's start with the Roosters. I own both Tedesco and Takiaho. Yeah, they scored like seventy and seventy-eight odd points last week, or something like that. I'm I'm gutted that they're not playing the SCG versus Sharks this week, mate. It's just a killer. Yeah, look, I think there'll be a fair few people disappointed at that. Not not so much the Teddy owners because everyone everyone sort of got Teddy, or most people do. I think it's more the Tiki Tiki because you know he was playing bigger minutes. Then he, particularly in the front row forward, then he was goal kicking. Then he had an ordinary week. Then he was just about to sort of start, start coming back, and now all of a sudden he rested for you. So I could see how that'd be a fair bit of a kick in the teeth, particularly given he's a decent sort of ball playing uh, forward. Yeah, and, and uh, of course Payne Haas is in my team as well, like most. So you're <laughs> starting front row forward fast and DK gone. Oh, brutal. Um, look, one thing that you do got to look at with guys that are rested. One, you're going to get them back next week, so you're going to be stronger if you if you hold them. Um, and I'd certainly hold Teddy. Two, you need to look at what opens up as far as opportunity. And I'm going to throw one out right now, Billy. Joey Manu's 450k, so he fits right in that sweet spot of being reasonably cheap in the centre wing. And he has gone quite well in the past, deputising at fullback when Teddy's been out. Back in round seven versus St George, he threw up 94 points when he uh, was playing the number one jersey. In past years, he's thrown up some big tons playing in the number one jersey as well. He's only 450k. I have considered getting him in myself. Um, he's not as good at playing next week against South, but for this week, playing at the number one jersey, he could be a real big pod player, I reckon, against the Sharkies. Yeah, he could. He's also that one guy that we should have tried last year when Teddy was, Teddy was away at Origin, thinking uh, we'd get a ton out of him in that one game he played fullback, and he did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I... I still, I still think he's 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 worth the risk if you want a decent sort of pod. I think him at fullback is is a gun move um, for a pod play this week. Um, does does that kind of move outweigh you know, uh, getting the um, the kid from from Manly or a semi type attack? Don't know. Any one of them could come off, but I just I I do know that um, if I was going to pick someone that I if I needed to put some thousand dollars in or on who's going to score most, I would take the, uh, the tackle busting runner, um, sorry, fullback from the best team in the comp over a centre or a winger. Yeah, and look, he, he had a disappointing game last year at one where he scored 30, that's uh, where he scored 26, but he also had another game of 74, and his third and final game that he played in fullback last season, 
136 points. So that's that's the money shot. That's the sort of upside that you're looking for in the one jersey. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the only thing is, like, we, we can't rely on average here because we're, we're only going to get one game out of him. So you really want that sort of big one, but you know that you can do it, hey? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's price point too. Like, you're not going to have to get rid of a gun to get him in. Um, so it, it's a pretty easy trade to make for a week. Uh, Daniel Tupo, we've mentioned a couple of times already. I traded him in last week, couldn't be happier. He's now up to 608,000, but he put up 138 points last week, scoring a double. In his three games returning from injury, he scored a try in every one, and two out of those three, he scored a double. Three-round average of 97 since he returned. Even if you go back to his five-rounder from before he returned, he's still looking at 76 a game. He's absolutely killing it. And against the Sharkies, um, I'm putting him straight down sports bet for a try, first try scorer as well. And I think that he's a decent chance Ooh. at another double. So I'm going all out. And I cannot wait to play him this week. At least 70-plus is going again this week. Yeah, I think he's going to go big again. Um, the one that interests me in, in the Sharkies game is uh, is that Talakai. Like, I love watching him run. But um, I think if you're going to back someone to go over the white stripe, it's the, <laughs> it's the Chooks winger, mate. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, look, I mean, we, we were mentioning, you know, Morris and, and uh, Tupo were options last week. Uh, we, we, I think both agreed that Daniel Tupo was the way to go because of his base, because his base is um, about seven points better than what, than what Morris's is, and his base attacks better as well. Morris still yeah. threw up 86 points last week, uh, and that was without scoring a try. And he's, he's odds-on favourite to get a try this week. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he ended up playing really, really well. Um, and... He did that with, uh, I think he had a line, a line break try assist potentially. I'm trying to remember, but played the Sharks this week. He hasn't scored for two weeks. So he's just as likely to go over as well. And he's actually cheaper than Tupo now at 580k. Yeah. He was sort of high 70, high 700s at one point, which was just did not see that coming at all. Um, yeah. Look, I, I just don't like the Chooks run. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be back in apart. Look. <laughs> If it wasn't for Morris's 80-odd points last week, I would have said, look, the bloke really needs two tries to be relevant. But um, oh, he, he does throw another option up in the air, but I'd probably be going Tupu on form. And, oh, and, and oh. no, 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 no Teddy too, so there's no sweep right. I'd, I'd be staying clear of Morris, actually. Yeah, and I mean, Manu's in the mix too, because, I mean, no Teddy mean, and him at one means he's going to get ball too. So, I mean, is it possible to trade in the whole Roosters back line? Or <laughs> who are you going to choose out of Morris, Tupo and Manu, mate? Which one of those three? If I was going to get full security, I, I would actually go the um, the Tupu route. But if I, want, if I wanted to catch up or go for a massive score, I'd be going for uh, Manu. I wouldn't be interested in Morris without Teddy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm Tupo and then Manu and then Morris in my ranking. Um, so, yeah, I... I think that you could get two out of those three, though, if you wanted to. If you already own one of them, I wouldn't be scared of trading another one in. Um, I'm sure that they all score relatively well this week. Manu is pretty big odds for a fullback. I think he's about $2.40 for uh, any time try. So that's another decent one. Bit of another pod option, mate. I'm not saying to necessarily trade him in, but Kyle Flanagan's been chugging away pretty nicely. And I do believe in the theory that you step up against your old team. He doesn't have Tedesco dominating possessions this week either. So I think that him and Curie are going to have their hands on the ball a lot. Playing against his old club, the Sharkies, I reckon he's going to have a point to prove. He's coming off 68 points, playing at home versus Sharks. Uh, I think that he's a 75-plus special. And 
wouldn't surprise me if he goes over for a try this week because it's been a little while and it's just a sort of you know headline that you get you know the discarded sharks ex half ex half back ex over for a try <laughs> in a revenge try against the the sharks in a thumping at the SCG so yeah <laughs> I've definitely yeah. played him this week. Yeah, that's how it rolls, isn't it? Like, for that, like you, you saw what happened with uh, Rudolph last week. You know, scored against the team that he backflipped against, hasn't scored all year. Like, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, like you said, if sort of Harry Grant goes over against the Storm this week to prove a point, and this one here happens as well. Yep, yep. It's hard to trade in because of the spot that he's in at either a half or a five eight with the other options. But I own him, and I'll be happily playing him um, on the shark side of things. Oh, sorry, I won't go to the sharks yet. We need to talk about Angus Crichton because he's, even though we're not going to go through numbers on on trade market, he's the number one most traded in player at the moment, yet he's on the bench. So I think that a lot of people are thinking that Cordner's going to get rested, which is a possibility. Um, but, you know, Angus went really well last week. He scored 84 points. But part of that was he played 69 minutes and Cordner only played... Um, I think it was 26, and I'm pretty sure that he moved to the edge for a while. So I think the part of that was because of Cordner. If Cordner plays, uh, you can't possibly buy Angus on the bench at 580k, but if he starts, then sure, it looks like a fantastic purchase. It's real late in the round, though, mate, so we're not really going to know, are we? So it's kind of a bit of a, a risky one and, and a hard one to wait on. I think that, um, that trading stats are a little bit misleading because... A small percentage of that was actually me. Like you, you got to remember, lots of people are trigger happy and make their trades um, as soon as lockout opens. So a lot of those trades would have been done prior to the uh, the yep. uh, team being announced today. I think you find a lot of reversals. But what do you think about trading him in? Um, I mean, obviously, definite no if he's on the bench. But if he ends up starting, great trading for the week. I'd be too concerned about his minutes, mate. Like I, 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 I didn't even, I didn't realize. Um, uh, he'd, he'd moved to the edge last week, so I was thinking sort of 69 minutes in the middle and had a bit of a rest. If he was moving to the edge last week, like how, how do you know what, what minutes he's going to play? If if um, if uh, what do you call Cordner is actually healthy and he starts at 13 again, does he go back to sort of 50? I'd be more concerned about that than sort of playing bigger minutes on a, on a on a on an edge. Yeah, it's definitely a risky trade. Um, I will say that the round 20 game against Souths is another revenge game. Obviously, he left Souths for the Roosters, so I think that he could go well in that one. Scored 69 points against him in round three. Um, but very risky. If there's mail that he's definitely starting, I like him as a buy, and I might consider it myself, TKO straight to the Grand Angus. But otherwise, um, probably too risky. You mentioned Rudolph went over for a try. That was fantastic. Um, what wasn't that fantastic was that the Sharkies, Sean Johnson, got two try assists and kicked some goals and only scored 55 points. I am going to be benching him this week. Uh, do you think that I should be playing him? Um, I wouldn't, mate. <laughs> what about the rest of this Sharkies side? I mean, I, I'm looking at some guys that we've mentioned. Um, you know, Talakai is obviously a goer. Um, Sione Katoa has been scoring tries we, we thought he would score last week and he did uh, but I couldn't play any of them playing at the SCG with the way the Sharks are looking at the moment I'd, I'd be benching all of them hey, What's the deal with the Sharks wingers anyway Katoa wasn't Katoa on the right and then moved to the left um, and then because I, I keep putting sort of first try scorers on or, or, yeah sorry Either first try scorers or throwing those blokes in my multi zone to find out that you know the, the winger are back is actually playing the opposite wing. 
Yeah, it's it's a bit funny. They they seem to swap him. I think he's swapped like three different times. He's swapped from side to side for multiple games. So I really don't know what's going on with them. Um, I think that they're pretty set now where Katoa's going to stay outside Dugan, uh, which is what I think it was a, um, with the first change, and then he swapped back, and now he's back outside Dugan. So I reckon it'll stay like that for now. What do you reckon Dugan's problem is? Every time he goes, every time he gets tackled, he comes up whinging about something. I just fool you, dude. You get tackled, deal with it. Oh, he's just old and overdone, mate. It's time for him to go. Um, I, I'm going to be watching this Sharkies game um, with a shark support on my brother-in-law and me, uh, and I think that he already said to me it's it's not going to be a pleasant game to watch with me. So <laughs> I don't even think Sharks fans are going to be um, backing them to win, mate. I, I think the Roosters are going to have another good win despite their outs. Uh, I still think they're going to be like 16, 20 plus winners just because the Sharks have looked pretty bad. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a blowout, mate. Uh, moving along, Raiders versus Warriors is the first Sunday game. Now, Raiders have got Havili promoted to start with Tom Starling dropping to the bench. Um, I really like Starling, so it's a little bit surprising. Uh, Warriors side of things, they are desperately under strength now. So, Alvaro and George Jennings have now gone back to the Eels as both loan players. Tanoa Brown's suspended, so that's an AE problem out the window, at least for, for now. Um, Lachlan Burr starting a prop for him. Got Adam Kieran coming in to start centre, uh, and they've also released Elisa Katoa to go back to New Zealand. So the Warriors look in all sorts, mate, and they're playing at GIO Stadium uh, against a pretty hot Raiders team. I can see nothing but a Raiders thrashing here. Um, I'm just going to bring up something that was a, uh, a huge pod move last week that I was shit scared of doing. I have had Jared Croker for about a month as a downgrade. I haven't, uh, I've only played him once a month ago and I just dusted him off and played him last week and I got 75 points off him. So I feel like that everything I touched went to gold last week. I didn't see him do much. Did he, what, what, what did he actually do attack wise last week? Cause I, that one sort of completely bypassed me, mate. Mate, he was all over the place in attack. He did heaps. He um he scored a try for one, which he hasn't been doing at all. Um, and aside from his try, he also got a uh, line break try assist as well. So yeah, line break right, so try the, try assist, uh, line break assist. He he was doing it all and kicking goals. So got the headgear dirty and made what two two runs and two tackles to go with that? <laughs> 11 runs, which is still pretty filthy, but he only had four at the half, so... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Diabolical. Look, I'm I'm short, so I'm actually going to think about playing this week, but I've got to say, at GIO Stadium versus the Warriors, uh, I I think that the Canberra backs are going to have a field day, so well, I'm not too worried about having to play him this week again. I reckon you could get lucky this week, mate. I'd, I'd actually be concerned that you'd sort of go up the uh, the juicy ladder. Oof, fingers crossed. Um, as far as the other guys here, Nick Kotrick's going to be the... He hasn't scored lately, uh, and he's normally on the try-scorers list. I, I can see him scoring for sure, but we're talking about uh, some sneaky captaincy options if your VC doesn't work out and you need some ground to be made up on your head-to-head with a pod captain. Uh, John Bateman last week went over the line for a try. Looks back to running all over the place uh, and scored 87 points for that with 55 base. The way this Warriors side looks, I, I could very easily 
see him scoring a try or, or at least getting, you know, that 80-plus type of score. So he might be one of those guys that you can throw a Hail Mary C on to hope for a ton and sort of um, try and make up some ground on a pod captaincy option in a head-to-head. Yeah, it's getting frustrating now because sports are throwing up only sort of $3.50 for him sort of anytime try score. Like, they'd set any, any shorter and he would start getting into the, um, you know, the... The, the price that they throw up for wingers, but in a, in, a, in another dog team. Yeah, he has been a bit short on sports bet. Um, he has scored the last two weeks in a row, so he's on a bit of a streak at the moment. Um, I could definitely see it against the um, the Warriors this week. And look, if if you're someone who doesn't own him, you should be getting him in this week, 100. percent Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, he, um, yeah, he, him and Madison have been on the go for the last few weeks. So if, if you don't own him by now, he's one of the guys you want to get for that run. Uh, and Jack Whiten is uh, just continuing to go on this tear. He's now got he scored twenty eight points against the Roosters, but the bookend games against the Dogs in sixteen one hundred nine points, and against the Dragons on the weekend one hundred two points. He scored in his last three out of his last four games. He scored a double, <laughs> which is incredible. I don't think anyone in the competition's actually done that. That they've managed in a month of football to score three out of four doubles. He looks like he could do it again against the Warriors. I'd be salivating if I owned him. Um, and if I had an SJ and I was looking to trade to uh, to get a pot option in, he's a straight swap to Whiten. And Whiten against the Warriors at GIO, uh, he looks like he could definitely score a double again. I actually wonder how sort of um, Croker scored any points then, given he's, he's inside him and he's greedy as hell. Croker managed to rack up the goal kicking as well, and the Raiders keep scoring under the post, so it ended up being a lot of easy goal kicks as well. Yeah, look, I think there could be some goal kicking for Croker this week. Um, White, White is yeah. the same basket basket as uh, Crichton, mate. Once he gets the ball, he's going to go and show. Sorry, show and go. Just learn my words. I didn't take anything apart from water. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, I think he'll do the same thing, mate. Just once he hits that line, it's, it's always dummy the outside and goes himself. So you'd you, you put him down for one this week. Not sure about two. Like streak, streaks are one thing. Confidence is another thing. But yeah, actually turning up and doing it at <laughs> next level, mate. Yeah, it's not easy to do. It's a possibility with how he's going, but I, I certainly think that you can put him down for one. I don't want to um, upset Warriors fans either, but. With the players that you've got out and the look of this side, I really don't think that we should be talking about any of them. We've mentioned Jazz enough times, um, and I wouldn't be buying him in the moment. Mate, straight to it, I see the Raiders smashing at GIO Stadium against this depleted Warriors side. Uh, I think they're going to put on a lot of points. They just beat St. George Illawarra, (laughs) put 37 points on them, and really smashed it up on the weekend, especially in the second half. Um, I, I can't see much different. 37-8 37-8 to eight against the Dragons at Wind Stadium at GIO versus Warriors side. I'm going to go for like a 44-10. to 10. Yeah, 25 points up for me, I reckon. Knights versus Dragons is the final one. Uh, this one's at McDonald Jones Stadium for the Knights. We've got Caelan Ponga back, which is huge. Um, Mason Lino's been dropped, which means with Lino out, uh, we've got Caelan Ponga definitely kicking. Um, Kurt Mann suspended, so more carnage for a high-owned player. Uh, aside from that, none of the rest of it is too super coach relevant. Uh, Mitch Barnett's back at lock, which is good. For the Dragons side of things, um, Tariq Sims is back on the bench. Uh, Billy Britton is gone, which means that we've got um, 
probably an 80-minute roll now for Ben Hunt. So if anyone did hold him and own him, you know, you can actually play him this week. Let's go straight to it, mate. Caelan Ponga, huge inclusion, um, definitely going to be goal-kicking. I'm, I've got him as a potential C for me at the, as the last game of the round, and I'm I'm pretty close just to pulling the trigger and throwing it there. Yeah, same. I'm just going to leave it on him at the moment. It would only change if if Turbo gets to gets to VC. But um, yeah, look, I think he'll go a lot better given that Kurt Mann's out as well. Like Mann just seems to take hold, <laughs> bit of a hold, um, takes a few of those last minute options as well. Uh, I just think that they, I just think they. He he will look a lot better with um, uh, Ponga Ponga just calling the shots. Yep, agreed. Um, I don't really, you know, David Clemens obviously an option at prop, but I'm going to go ahead and say I would rather trade in some of these other options because he's only been scoring mid fifties lately, and I kind of think guys like um, Junior Paulo and also Fisher Harris have some minutes upside and give you a bit of change to spend elsewhere. So. I'm not actually big on, on getting Clem as, as a Huss or TKO replacement. Where do you stand on that for this game? Yeah, I haven't been keen on Clem all year purely because of that. I, I, I don't get him indicated by a couple lower lower than sort of, you know, not not great scores, but not bad scores. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, he throws in sort of 15 offloads a game and scores sort of 80. You think, ah, oh, maybe I missed the boat. And then he, he just seems to fluctuate between sort of you know, 15, 55 minutes and then just some decent to half decent scores. So, yeah, I, I'm going to wave. I'm going to wave him, mate. Just, I don't think he's going to punch to the five offloads a week. Yeah, and Di Safidi back has, um, has, has reduced his minutes as well. On the dragon side of things, you mentioned to me a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry to do this to you, mate, that you you can't not have Zach Lomax for the run. And um, Zach Lomax finally came through for me, death riding him. Ten points on the weekend. What would you do? Yeah, what the hell happened there? Oh, <laughs> I didn't see the I, I didn't see the game. All I saw was him on minus two after about sort of thirty minutes, thinking. Has he been KO'd or what? <laughs> well, I mean, if you own him, a, are you going to play him? I think the answer is yes. But if you own him and you need to trade someone and you've got a full side, would you consider just getting rid of him? He's going to be playing away against Newcastle, and then in round 20 he's going to be playing the Melbourne Storm. So I actually see him yeah, with yeah. his high ownership. I, I see him as a, a very pottish trade-out at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's uh, what? Him and Teddy are my two trades up, mate, and bringing in Turbo and, and bringing Ponga back after selling him last week. Huge. Ponga and Turbo both coming in for you. That's massive names getting traded in for this week. <laughs> That's what the trades are for, mate. I don't see the Dragons bouncing back in this one. I, I think that Newcastle were exceptionally poor again, and they can be, but they are under the pump to get a win on board. I think Ponga makes a huge difference at McDonald Jones Stadium. I'm not going to say that the um, the Knights are going to flog them because the Dragons and Knights are very hard to predict, Billy, but I am going to say that the, the Knights will put on enough points for them to win and for Ponga to be a good captaincy option. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, but I'm uh, going the same route myself. Beautiful. Well, on that note, second last podcast of the season, done and dusted, ready for the um, turbo and Ponga carnage that we can talk about next week with your trade-ins, mate. Might have to call and see you next week, mate. <laughs> I'll drag you out of bed and chat to you next week. Thanks, mate. Welcome, brother. Thanks. Thanks for listening again, everybody. Uh, you can download, stream, 
or listen through SoundCloud and also iTunes. On iTunes, you can hit the subscribe button and get the episodes straight away as soon as they drop. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. For all those in head-to-heads, good luck this week. For those that aren't, have fun with the final couple of weeks of the season. We'll be back again next week to talk about the final round of footy.